Welcome to the Trailbreaker Podcast. I'm Aaron Feinberg. In this podcast, I explore what it takes to be a trailbreaker through intimate conversations with people carving new paths across the landscapes of business, art, and sport, we dig in on how to excel across seemingly disparate endeavors. What drives people who manage to succeed multidimensionally? Is it how they think? Is it meticulous planning and follow-through? Or is it some measure of delusional optimism? My guest today is Hope Meng, a graphic designer and artist with a strong focus on custom lettering and typography. She's also the creator of the Monogram Project and the Textile Studio and mother to two incredible humans. We talked about how she helps entrepreneurs develop timeless visual identities, the importance of personal creative projects, and her thoughts and feelings about her upcoming sabbatical. Good afternoon, Hope, and thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Erin. So I am excited that you're a guest because you had such an instrumental role in helping me get my new company off the ground 10 years ago because you did a ton of work with me on the branding, on the logo design, on the business materials, on the website creation. And it's so exciting to be able to talk to you now about what you were doing and more importantly, how you've transitioned into some of these newer projects as well as a sabbatical that's coming up. But before we get into all that, just give our audience a sense of, of how you used to define yourself as a, in terms of branding or advertising or, or any other labels you would have put your work under. Sure. Um, so I think at the beginning um, of my career, I would have kind of ex- uh, introduced myself as a, you know, a, a general graphic designer, meaning I did all kinds of stuff. Like I did branding, um, but I also designed like a bunch of cookbooks. Um, I did like, you know, major ad campaigns, um, worked on everything from like wrapping paper to small brochures. Um, and it was probably about, um, five years ago now that I really, and you know, that whole early period was really instrumental in, um, helping me decide like what I really wanted to do, where I wanted to focus my efforts and my work. Um, And about five years ago, I made kind of a decision to really focus on the branding work. Um, It's something in art school that had uh, really, I found myself drawn to. I just love the kind of um, uh, reductive, um, like essential thinking that's required. And on, so that's from like the creative side, but then also on the kind of personal side in terms of like what um, makes you like fills your bucket at, in your career. Um, I really just, you know, I have like an entrepreneurial background and I, I really felt like that was what um, fulfilled me as a designer to be able to use my skills in order to help other entrepreneurs um, express their best selves and their businesses. And you know, with the term reductive, is that describing sort of reducing something down to its its most core elements? Yeah, thank you for asking that. Yes. Um, so by reductive, I mean like abstract, essential, um, really getting down to like the core meaning um, of a visual, um, of a logo or like some sort of visual expression. 
And, and look, I knew absolutely nothing when we worked together. I think I was probably a huge pain in the ass as a client because of how little, little, little I knew. And I was so impressed with, with what you did in in using that reductive term, right? You took these concepts that we had talked about in interviews and, you know, I felt like you very easily grabbed sort of the essence of who I was. And then, you know, you handed me three really amazing logos of which the one I chose really was this sort of reduction of all these things and incorporated my initials into a mountain, which uh, obviously means a lot to me, you know, both both uh, the, where I like to spend my time and how I help people sort of get to the peak of their mountain. And also my last name happened to mean house at the base of the fine mountain. And um, it's uh, it was really impressive to see how you took all that stuff and reduced it down to this really powerful image. And it was really useful for me because I didn't realize it at the time, but it really did inform how I did show up. And I know that that's kind of part and parcel of what branding does, but I didn't even know what the purpose of branding was, but then watching the outcome and then what it did for me was so awesome. So, um, I, I appreciate you and, and really thank you. And, um, and so, you know, with, with helping you to realize, or as you talked about, you, you've, you've generalized and, you know, everything from ad campaigns to books, et cetera. And then, and then this, typography side of things has really started to, re, uh, to really take root with you. So let's, let's get into that a little bit. Sure. Um, I mean, you know, ever since I was, um, an art student, I noticed that I was really attracted to, um, to typography in general. I actually, I can trace it way back to when I was in high school and me and my girlfriends, we would like write each other these notes and, um, and I would, you know, draw these like intricate, um, drawings, um, which incorporated their names and then like write the piece. I mean, it's like, it's like an early letterhead, right? Like custom letterhead, but with illustration. And um, I think back to that and like, you know, of course I had no idea at that time that graphic design was even a profession, much less typography um, and, and lettering. So, um, so really it started out because about, um, Oh gosh, I guess it's like almost six years ago now. Um, you know, my I have two kids. My daughter was um, little. I, I think she was around two, and um, and this was right when I had decided that I was going to really focus on um, on the branding. And you know, in the beginning, it's really um, the kinds of clients that you get. It's not, especially here in the Bay Area. There's a lot of tech, there's a lot of design. Um, and it's not, there, there aren't a lot of people who are going to want like a really expressive typographic logo. There's not like nobody out here is going to want like their logo in black letter, for instance. Right. But those are, that's like the visual, those are the visual influences that I was really attracted to. And so as, um, as a way of kind of expressing like all of my different visual interests and, um, and inspirations, I decided like almost on the spur of a mo- the moment to um, do this thing called monogram project. And basically that's my, the, the rules that I set out for myself in this monogram project were I was gonna start with the letter combination AA and end in with ZZ and design every single monogram all the way through. I didn't, like I said, I didn't quite do the math on that. (laughs) It's like 600 and 
something monograms. It's insane. I'm, you know, I am here six years later and I'm almost through the D's. So it's a very <laughs> long running project, <laughs> but, um, but what it really allowed me to do is, well, number one, um, build an audience, you know, on social media around the things that I was interested, interested in. That was a great byproduct. Um, but really it was about expressing all of the different, um, or showing people that I could do more than just like sans serif typography or, you know, et cetera. So, um, and, you know, it helped me to kind of like hone my own skills too, like not only visually, but then, um, I really got good at, you know, the vectoring process, which is, um, kind of a technical, um, way that you create like, uh, digital art. Um, so now I feel like I'm a total pro at all of that stuff. And, um, and so that's, I'm a big proponent of, um, of personal projects, especially if you can kind of like think through what you want to get out of it. And those were some of the things that I, I really wanted to be a, like a forum to express myself that was outside of like client constraints. And then also I wanted to hone my, my, um, digital, you know, art skills, and, um, and Monogram Project has allowed me to do all that and brought me so many more riches um, beyond what I even expected. Such as? Um, well, I, I mean, I definitely get a lot of work because of Monogram Project um, because, you know, clients can see that, oh, she really can do all these different styles. Like people really actually say that. They say, look at all of these like different styles that you can do. And I get hired as a result of that. There's um, that piece. And then also, you know, teaching. Um, I often, like I teach a monogram workshop with the Letterform Archive, which is a, um, a, a local organization here, which is amazing. You should check them out. Um, but they are very, they're focused on like letter, lettering ephemera, like going all the way back in history. So they have all these like ancient artifacts, like old you know, they currently have a show um, up. It's like the the Bauhaus and typography. So it's like all these old, you know, postcards, et cetera, that were made during the Bauhaus. Um, anyway, so it's it's things like that, and like it just um, it it has really like widened kind of my uh, ironically because I, I feel like this is a very um, like the the constraints of the project were kind of strict, you know. Um, and ironically, it has like very much broadened like what um, I'm able to show the world. Amazing. And um, in terms of the sabbatical you and I had briefly touched off on offline, uh, how does that weave into kind of your daily life and the projects that you're balancing? Yeah, so um, I think a couple, so let me, um, Kind of back up and talk a little bit more about my art practice as well. So I have like a bunch of different things that I'm, you know, exploring. And again, this was like one of those moments of like inspiration where, um, you know, it started probably in art school for my thesis project um, for art school, which like, you know, the design program, I went to um, California College of the Arts, which is here in San Francisco. And the thesis project is like, a pretty, thesis is a pretty amazing class. It's really open. It's really like, it gets very art school-y, you know, it's not like a, some of it doesn't even really feel like design, but it's about like honing your personal expression. And for that, for my thesis project, I had worked on these, um, 
this set of quilts. Um, in a while I was going, we didn't, I don't know if we mentioned this earlier, but um, when I was in art school, I was also at the same time um, running a small brick and mortar business. It was like the country's first sewing lounge. And really it was about like, um, it kind of had this like burning man, you know, do it yourself ethos, like early Etsy kind of feeling, you know, um, where people could rent, come in and rent time on sewing machines and take classes and learn how to sew. And, um, you know, that was like a four year long stretch um, that we were in business. I learned a ton. Um, and, you know, we ended up writing two books about like refashioning clothing. Um, and so it was really, um, but, you know, my, especially early on in my, like, when I was going to art school, it was very much like design is over here and sewing is over here and never the two shall meet. You know, it was like, I just didn't know how to get the two um, in the same spot. And so that's kind of what I explored for my thesis project um, at CCA. I did a set of quilts that were um, like one of the quilts was um, the, my mouse, I stitched my mouse movements as I was designing a book and it was sort of like this interesting like permanent impermanent you know like discussion like the impermanence of like graphic design and ephemera and the permanence of like quilt making so um so it was like a you know I had had this idea in the back of my mind for a really long time like how do I get these two you know to like meet how do I join these two in something that's like you know my my own unique kind of expression and um once I decided once I was like um really like involving myself like putting myself into the whole world of typography that's when it came to me oh I will create an alphabet <laughs> that's like based on the visual language of quilt squares because you know quilt squares are very geometric they have like a really specific kind of visual language so I'll make this alphabet that's like super graphic and like abstract and embed like these messages into quilts where, where it looks like just a kind of cool graphic piece or design or pattern. Um, but then once you kind of decode it, there's like a deeper meaning within it. So that's, um, that's my kind of personal art project. I call it um, textile because it's text and there's anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, honestly, that came, I, I made the, you know, alphabet and, and sewed the quilt. Um, I, it's probably like, you know, three and a half or four years ago now. And, um, and, you know, at the, like over the years, obviously like the pandemic was huge in sort of, um, making me realize like like I think for all of us right a lot of us woke up and we were like wait what am I doing with my time like time is like what am I doing with my life like time is precious like why do I keep putting this off and I realized um you know probably last year like pr um pretty intensely that it was like oh the I have um, gotten to a point in my kind of my career with design and branding um, that 
like the returns are now starting to decrease a little bit, you know, like it's a lot like these branding projects as you've been, you know, you've been along on the ride with me. Um, they take a lot out of it. You're like totally invested. Um, you're really like putting your brain think into it, thinking about it all the time. Um, and it's a lot of creative energy. And, you know, I think I say this to my design friends all the time, my colleagues, like, I, I think graphic design is a total like gateway drug. You know, you, you, you start off on this path, um, you're honing like your particular visual expression, um, you're getting paid for it, et cetera. And then one day you wake up and you're like, wait a minute, why am I doing this for everybody else? Like, what about me? Like, what about my expression, you know? And so I realized finally that it was time. It was like, you know, again, I have kids, I have a career, like the whole deal. And like the time wasn't just gonna make itself. <laughs> you know. So I saw this opportunity. I was like, you know what? It's not like I have to completely just decide to switch gears, but like, let's take a little break from the branding projects and make room for this, um, this art practice that has been, you know, it's in me. Like it is like eating away at me all the time when I can't work at it. Like I'm thinking about it constantly um, and not able to, you know, show up for, for that practice because there are, you know, constraints on my time. Amazing. And so how did this, so this sabbatical has already started or it's about to start? It's about to start um, okay. any day now. <laughs> 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 no, the, uh, the goal is um, April 1 and probably, yeah. So like, you know, basically like Q2 and Q3 of this year, um, I want to devote to this art practice. And, um, and, you know, it's a little scary because I mean, that's a part of why it's taking me so long to get here. I really had to get over, um, you know, it's like, I've had this dream of this design career that I have right now for years and now I'm here. And then all of a sudden it's like, now I want more, you know, and it takes a while to get over that, like in your head, right. Emotionally. Um, and then there's the whole, you know, fear of starting over, um, there's, you know, capitalism gets in the way you're like, it's, you know, it's a very easy way to feel like a productive member of society when you're like, you know, making money for your family or whatever. And, um, and that may not happen for a little while. All of that came out in like 30 seconds or something, but it was like a year of processing to try to, you know, get over all of those um, fears and worries and anxieties um, to get to this point where I can actually set myself up for success in a sabbatical. Yeah. In the coaching world, we call that limiting belief, right? We have mm -hmm. these, we have these beliefs that in which um, limit what we are willing to see. And you've sounds like you've done an amazing job of combating those and then, and then getting to the point where you, where you leap and, you know, and it, as someone who used your services to help take my leap, I will say, and I think you probably already have rumblings of this is that whatever happens on the back end of this is going to be really awesome. Because, mm -hmm. you know, when you get those messages 
about what you're really called to and and you're already getting signal when you were diving into that monogram project and how much work then came that way right i i think that the world will recognize you know where you are is where you should be and will continue to flood you with things so i, I look forward to hearing what what this experience actually turned out to be yeah i mean that's a that's a great point because there is fear around that too right it's like you have this thing that you're known for and that you've spent many many years like a decade cultivating um and then you know especially as somebody who's in brand and is constantly talking about like brand consistency and like making sure that you know across various touch points that you're being consistent and that your audience understands how to like what to expect from you it's like to suddenly change course like that's really scary you know that's really like are people going to come along with me um but also at the same time it's like what's the alternative like the alternative is not doing it that's not an alternative like i'm not gonna choose that <laughs> so so there's just like some thought like there's a lot of thought around like how to prepare um my own audiences for you know the change that's about to come in um the work that i do the work that i show etc it's so fascinating that we're having this conversation because in some ways we had this same conversation when you were helping me because so much of my life, you know, it hasn't been like a constant, you know, jumping all the time, but I've, I've made a couple of big leaps and, and when it came time to talk to you about, you know, okay, well, how do you want to define yourself? And this is going to be something people are going to know. And I'm like, I, I never even thought of those questions because I just always was thinking about the next thing that was inspiring or that was, I was called to and never created this sort of coalesced thing about me. And it was really hard for me to wrap my head around it. And thankfully I had someone in my corner like you to, to, to sort of guide me, but it's interesting to now hear it from the flip side, right? You, you spent a lot of time cultivating that. And now this big leap is actually your, your biggest challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, um, and I want to just say too, that, you know, your story, um, people like you, um, I look to you guys and I'm like, well, nobody's over there looking at Aaron and saying like, oh, he's an athlete and a coach. Like, of course he can be those two things. Right. And, and it's so, like, and, and a school psychologist and, right. a, and a dad and all these things, same as yes. you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so it's, um, it's good for me to have examples out there too, where I look and I'm like, why am I being so hard on myself for this particular, or why am I, um, critiquing like this desire in myself to be a multi-hyphenate or to be somebody who's multidisciplinary. Like people are do that all around the world all the time. And I think it's awesome when I see it in others. So why wouldn't I give myself the same benefit of the doubt? And, and you know, and it's funny because you you have, right? You've done it a couple different iterations, right? You started mm -hmm. the the sewing project and you know you've pivoted a few times and maybe they haven't been, you know, grossly different, uh, but it, but it doesn't matter. And, uh, and I think, you know, you speaking to the, to the essence of this podcast too, right. Being a trail breaker, being, being willing to, you know, even if it's just a couple of degrees off the path or it's a complete 180, I think it, mm -hmm. we have it all in us. And, and I think it's always easier to see outside of ourselves. Cause we do limit, we limit our perspective. And I think we can see it happening for other people. And then thankfully, like you're doing for yourself, right. You're realizing, Oh, right. Where's the logic and the reasoning to, to talk myself out of this mm, doesn't exist. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to push forth. Mm -hmm. um, so how's the family feeling about, 
um, this, this pause for you? Yeah. I mean, my, you know, my husband is totally supportive. Um, and you know, what's fun about the, the kids is, um, I think, you know, sometimes it can be kind of difficult to kind of really explain to your children, like what you do. Right. Um, even if it's something that is like more concrete, like what I, I mean, I actually produce like visual pieces or artifacts so they can, that they can see. Um, but you know, I I actually, I feel like it was maybe about three years ago, one of my, um, intentions for the year, you know, I made like new year's intentions or resolutions, whatever you want to call it. And one of my intentions was around like having my children more fully understand like what I do. And, um, and that year, you know, I happened to do this branding project, um, where I, it was for, um, this like food festival in Oakland. Um, it's called the eat real festival and their entire ethos is around community, um, food, you know, and enjoyment. And so I had kind of pitched to them, I did their branding and then I pitched them this idea of like a live mural painting, um, at the event. And, um, and that was like so awesome because my, what I did was like, I created the, I, I painted this mural and the idea was that the community could, um, come in and like, um, color it in. It was like a giant coloring book. So basically I just painted like the black outlines and people could come and paint it. And my kids came and like helped to paint it in. And I was like, yes, like this is the fulfillment of that intention that I made at the beginning of the year, you know? Um, so, uh, I, I mean, I think that's, I, I think my kids, you know, they're like, I don't know that they pay attention so much to like mommy and daddy's career, you know, <laughs> but, but, um, I think those little moments where I can involve them and, um, and kind of show them more like physical pieces of what I do. So, you know, with the quilt project, it would very much be more physical than like a logo or something like that, which they sometimes they'll, they'll happen to see that when we're out and about, um, if I've done, you know, a branding project for a local business or something, but, um, but this is much more real. This is much more like here and in the now. Yeah. Super tangible. It's really Mm -hmm. funny. Uh, I was walking my daughter, uh, to the car today to take her to school. And I said, Hey, we got to go. Daddy's got to go to work. And she said, uh, and, and her description of what I do. Oh, (laughs) you're going to do another podcast podcast boy. <laughs> so my five and a half year old, uh, in her sassy ways. Uh, and I said, I have to explain to her. Yes. Yes. Daddy has a podcast to do, but daddy also helps companies and individuals with their communication, their leadership and trying to do better for the world. Oh, okay. Podcast boy. I love that. That is yep. so funny. Yep. That was this, that was this morning. Uh, and so, uh, on this sabbatical topic, um, obviously you've got space now to to dig in in ways in which you know you haven't regarding your work. Anything else that that is happening or you want to have happen during this sabbatical that's that's not work related, but maybe will will facilitate that sort of open space and that that sort of uh, consideration from a lot of different perspectives. So whether that's travel or hobbies or, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, exercises or whatever you want to get into. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I think, I mean, all of those things that you said are definitely a part of my life. (laughs) 
Um, but really what I'm excited about is, um, so, you know, I have a, like a meditation practice, um, that I started a couple years ago and, um, and I was very like the first year I was just like every single day, you know, I have like my 10 minute meditation and start my day that way. And then over actually when in 2020, like when the pandemics began and like shelter in place, you know, I was with the kids all the time. It really um, fell by the wayside, ironically, like that's kind of when you need it the most, but I mean, I couldn't find time for myself basically. Um, and so I became much more spotty during that time. And this year been, um, been much more regular about it, but I'm really excited about that. Um, being able to just be like, much more regular about my, um, meditation practice. And then also, I mean, this is like, kind of like meditation as well. Um, so, um, the, uh, oh shoot, I'm going to forget the name of it. Um, the artist's way. Have you heard of that book? Yeah. So, um, I don't know why I blanked on that. Um, so I've stopped and started the artist's way many, many times. It's like a 12 week kind of, um, you know, program or whatever. Um, and the one thing that I've taken from the artist's way that is much more regular is morning pages. And, um, I don't know if you know much about morning pages. Um, it's essentially like you start every morning with like a stream of consciousness writing for like three pages. And it's like, whatever comes into your brain, you just, you know, write it all out. Sometimes it's like total drivel. And other times there's like some profound stuff that comes out. It doesn't matter. Well, the point is that you're like dumping your brain out onto the paper so that you can have like a clear mind in order to begin your creative practice. And, um, and I was quite regular about that for a while, have not done it at all this year. <laughs> and so I'm very excited, um, about being able to indulge, like, these more, um, these ways of being more present, um, and aware, um, in my day-to-day -day life. Um, and I, I mean, part of the whole, um, quilt project, right? Like there is the visual expression of it, which I have already kind of nailed down. And then there was, there's the other side of it, which is the writing side and like what I'm going to say in these, in these quilts. And that brings me a lot of, I mean, I have a lot of anxiety around that too, because I've spent the last decade honing my, my visual expression, not my like written expression. And so that's another reason why I'm like excited to be able to be, get back into doing morning pages. Maybe I'll be able to take like a writing class. I, I don't know. So cool. And, and I don't think I've ever asked you this, but, you know, just in our talk today, you know, it seems like you've got a, at least a handful of ways in which you like to express that creative side. I mean, you have mm -hmm. the, you've got the, the sewing side of it. You've got the, the topography, you've got the, the graphic, you know, design. And, and obviously there's probably some similarities between those things, but they're seemingly different too. And then I know, you know, and then you've got the sort of uh, the meditation tapping into things from a different angle. And I know you're, you do some athletics and some sports and mm -hmm. hobbies like that. I mean, do you just, are you a, of that sort of mind where if you can't do one thing, you'll find another way in which to sort of put that, that creative energy to use? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, 
I think I just have a lot of different interests. <laughs> and um, I remember this is going to sound really like witchy and woo woo, but <laughs> when, we, when my my husband and I were first like dating, um, a friend of mine, you know, she's like really into um, into astrology, and she like did our charts for us. You know? <laughs> and I remember, I mean, this is like who you know, believe what you want about that stuff. But, um, she kind of like did our, I don't know, I guess they're called natal charts. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's like this little graph, um, and it shows all of your different, uh, it, it, it looks, it's a circle and it has all these different points. Um, and my husband, he's a, um, he's a very logical, he's a software engineer, very logical, very like, um, you know, uh, fact-based. Um, and I remember his, little circle chart had everything like all on one side it was like very 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 like you know in in one particular area and mine was like all over the place and like i said believe what you want about astrology but that to me was like a very um visual representation of how my mind works it's like um i do need to be you know uh engaged mentally in order to be into something but like I have a lot of ways of expressing that. And I like that, you know, there's a, a lot of, um, I, I think I tend to be, um, you know, a deep diver. So unless I can like give myself um, or a, give a good portion of myself to something, I don't like go in there, but I just so happens that there happened. There are a few key things that I'm into. You know? <laughs> so. Look, I, um, I had a pretty amazing, uh, natal chart read for me, uh, from, a you never guess, but a, a woman who worked at Trader Joe's, uh, she, <laughs> and she lived in a little cottage behind, uh, somebody I knew. And, uh, so she was sort of like a little witch. Uh, and she, she gave me the most amazing reading that almost all of it has come to pass. And this was probably, I don't know, more than 10 years ago. And, uh, and she forecasted everything, everything that wow. has been happening. And, and as somebody who, you know, I'm trained in, you know, personality assessment from my psych background and I do, you know, um, leadership assessments with my corporate coaching clients. And I do, you know, I'm trained in all these different ways in which you, you know, understand people and help categorize them, whether it's Carl Jung stuff or what have you. And each of those things, it, you know, if you look at yourself from all those different angles, it, it definitely puts you in a, in a particular space and all of those different tools sort of point to the same thing. So whether you believe it or not, it, there's some, there's some striking resemblances to, to other things that, that, you know, are maybe even more data-based or, or less woo-woo. So I would mm -hmm. say, yeah, um, get, get your chart read audience. <laughs> I should go look for my old, like we had it on tape. You know, because yep. that's it was back when we did things on tape. <laughs> yep. So I should go look for those and see if I can listen to it again. I've got mine in a uh, handwritten scrawl in my uh, in my closet. I can oh. barely read it, but it's it's pretty spot on. Amazing. Well, look, if folks want to check out some of the some of the stuff that you've put out into the world, uh, I know you have a website. I know that's on Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, are you comfortable if we if we share those links on the on the podcast notes? Absolutely. Perfect. Well, look, I'm excited for all that you've got going on in these next couple of months and some of the space you'll, you've created and you will create in. And, um, you know, who knows, maybe after this sabbatical, you'll jump back on with us and give us an update on, on what transpired. I would be honored to. 
Well, Hope, thank you for joining me today. And thank you for all the support you've given me over the years and all the best to you and your family. Thank you so much, Aaron. You too. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye. Bye. The Trailbreaker Podcast is created by Aaron Feinberg with production support provided by Michael Morey. More interviews and videos can be found at aaronfeinberg.com.